0: with the great Dr. Federer, who got it up again. The first episode we did was about your book, which for everybody listening is on Kindle. And because it's a mouthful, but I always butcher it, so I brought it up. Socialism, the real history from Plato to the present, how the deep state capitalized in crises to consolidate control, and you probably could have thrown in a COVID in there for the C alliteration. But with that, Dr. Federer, I know I've only got you for about 25 minutes from this point. So real quick, please introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the main topic of this podcast, which is actually uh, kind of a magnifying glass on a tiny section of a previous podcast we did. Yeah, so uh, my website's AmericanMinute.com, and
1: I uh, send out a daily history email called American Minute, and um, it always tries to, I tell people, if you just know the present, you have no predictive ability. So past behavior is the best indicator of future performance. If I were to put a dot on a page and I ask you where the next dot's going to be, it could be anywhere. But if I can show you all the dots preceding that dot, and then I ask you where the next dot's going to be, you could put a ruler up next to all the previous ones and sort of plot it out. And and so it gives you a predictive ability. And so uh, I I think that's one of the key um, reasons to uh, have history. It's to learn patterns. If people say history repeats itself, really, human nature repeats itself. And history is just the record of it. And the most common form of government in world history is kings. It's top down. And um, it's very rare that people have a government rule bottom up um, through uh, the people having their will forced uphill rather than a government forcing its will downhill. And uh, when you look at world history, uh, the big picture, you can see that. You can see that it's Pharaohs, Caesar, Kaiser, Sultan, Tsars. And then you see how rare America is that we broke away from the most powerful king on the planet, the King of England. We flipped it. We made the people the king. The word citizen is Greek It means co-king. But uh, in times of crises, people let go of the rubber band and it snaps back into the hands of a king. And so that's what we're experiencing now. And it's up to each person to push back against the uh, encroaching government. But anyway, that's uh, one of the themes that I talk about in my books, but um, that's not what we're going to talk about today, but anyway, great to be with you,
0: Tommy. You as well, doctor. Thank you for coming back on. And that's why I love our past episodes is because listening to, I love it. I, I forget I'm doing a podcast when I talk to you. I just, it's like listening to an audio book. It's great. Um, but so it's one of my friends was actually watching one of our past episodes and brought it up to me and he and I were discussing it. We were playing video games and just kind of talking online and he loved it. And it's something that had stuck out to me. And what it was is I always try to zoom out from everything you know, I love history, but even more, I like to zoom out to like you know history of the universe to what's going on in human nature is this all a simulation? is this just a test? Is there no such thing as actually winning it? Do you have to be the best person you can be? all these open ideas that I really can't possibly ever bring an answer to, but I like to speculate on them with that. you had brought something up, and I don't know if it is our last episode or the one before it or whatever, but it was it was. Kind of let's put ourselves in, in God's shoes. and Let's just have a thought experiment. And it would be, if I recall correctly, it was, at least this is how I accept it in my mind. We have a big dark room, maybe like a, like a high school gymnasium, right? And in it are a bunch of like 10 robots and they're AI, they're self-aware. They don't know anything outside of the, uh, out of the gym. They don't know anything what's going on, kind of like us. We don't know what came before it, what's outside of the universe. They don't, they have their own big bang. They don't know anything. They're just there. They're self-aware. And you just let them operate. You let free will operate. If, you know, can God create a rock so heavy that God can't pick it up? God wants to, he wants to see something new. He goes, some free will. Let's see what actually happens. And some of them start speculating about God. And they hate God. They want to destroy God. They want to be God themselves. Other ones love God. Maybe even others go, I don't know if there's a God, but I think we should just be good because it, it feels like we should be good for goodness sake. And at the end of it, God goes, all right, which ones do I want to welcome into the universe and go, hey, you guys can now go create your own little universes and kingdoms. You want to create the one that spontaneously, on it's free will. You want to choose the ones that are like, hey, let's love each other just for the sake of loving each other versus the ones that want to control and dominate. And those are the ones that you either maybe throw back through the simulation or you deactivate them, throw them in the furnace, recycle them. I don't know. But to me, it was one of the most unique thoughts I had taken. Like, what if God was like, hey, I really want to see something that I don't control. Let's see what happens. Could you go on that and elaborate on that? And I know I've got you for 20 minutes. So take it away, Dr.
1: Federer. Yeah. Yeah. So I just finished a new book. It's called Believe. And it delves into this. And so it's the idea that here's God. He exists for eternity. There's never been a time when he hasn't existed. And he makes everything, and everything he makes has rules. There's laws of planetary motion, laws of gravity, laws of quantum mechanics, laws of physics, laws of pressure. Everything's laws. He is a God of rules and laws. Sort of like with computers, when you get down to it, you have a magnetic charge and no magnetic charge, right? It's written in machine code as one and a zero. And you, with that, you create uh, a different level of DOS and then different level of apps and windows. And then you can build all the programs, even the one we're on right now, but it all goes back to just this little on and off when it comes to a magnetic charge. And, and so it builds upon it. And so God has, uh, when you get into the subatomic particles, Smaller than a proton, a neutron. You have quarks, and uh, they have the Hadron uh, Particle Collider there, 17 miles underground, Geneva, Switzerland. 17 miles, or uh, you know, uh, this huge area, it's a circle underground, and um, uh, 574 feet underground, yeah, but it's 17, 17 mile circle. There we go, yeah. and and they they hammer these, these particles into each other and see what comes off. And the smallest particles, uh, they call them. Uh, have a a wave particle duality and they have no mass and it's it's the theory of uncertainty that at any one time uh, you can't figure out where they're at. These particles are so small and move so fast and and they theorize that they're constantly coming into and going out of existence. And uh, the Bible talks about the highest part of the dust of the world in Proverbs, it says that, you know, before God made anything, before he made the highest parts of the dust of the world, you know, I wisdom was there. But then you look at the other side, um, 2003, they have the uh, Hubble telescope and they focus it on a part spot in the sky where there's nothing. Uh, the spot is so small, it's the size of a grain of sand held between your fingers at arm's length against the night sky. And for 11 days, they focused the powerful Hubble telescope on it. And when they developed the images, in this spot where there was thought to be nothing was 10,000 galaxies with hundreds of billions of stars in each galaxy. And then they look in other directions and they see more and more until finally they they realize that the, the universe is this enormous, unimaginable um, large uh, thing um, and because light travels in waves with uh, blue being the shortest and fastest wave and red being the longest and slowest wave uh, these galaxies had a red shift which means they're moving away from the earth and they use what's called the uh, parallax system uh, you know if you look at an object with your right eye, left eye, the closer objects um, move in relation to the further away and so they, you look at the same spot in the sky Uh, While the Earth goes around its 365-day orbit around the sun. And you can see which uh, are the closer objects because they move in relationship. Anyway, long and short, they've figured out that these galaxies are... uh, The universe is 93 billion light-years across. 93 billion light-years across. And get this, still expanding at the speed of light. And and so... uh, The largest star they found is Stevenson 2-18. It's a super gas giant. It's so large, if you were to place Stevenson 2-18 in our solar system, it would engulf the orbit of Saturn, the sixth planet from the sun. We're the third planet from the sun. Could you imagine one star that big? And and here's God. He makes it all. And it's almost like, you know, been there, done that. I can make enormous things that obey me. At some point in eternity past, God said, you know, I would really like someone in my image that could love me. Now it gets interesting because love by definition must be voluntary. So in this framework of everything he controls, he created one little thing. He does not control your will. Now he could control it if he wanted to, but that would defeat the very reason he made us different than everything else. And so, um, i I use a little illustration imagine if a uh, if, uh, um and he, and he hide he has to hide himself mm-hmm. behind creation because if he ever revealed himself, he is so incomprehensibly awesome that every it, your response would be instinctive. In the face of this majesty power, like the book of John, it has a uh, book of Revelation. It has, it has the apostle John uh, had a, a vision of the Lord. He says, I fell at his feet is dead. And if you were in the presence of this almighty, every molecule of Adam and your being would fall flat. I mean, you would, you're so people say, well, if God's real, why doesn't he show himself? Well, if he showed himself, it would reveal all doubts that he's real, and it would remove your free will.
0: Hmm.
1: You wouldn't have any more free will. Your response would be instinctive. It's like if if you were right next to the sun, if you didn't melt, uh, you wouldn't see color. The light is so bright, right? You, but we're nine, we're ninety three million light years, not uh, ninety three million miles, miles. not. Not light light years, but just miles. I don't know why 93 million comes up twice. Yeah, I know. um, So we're 93 million miles from the sun. And now we're far enough away so we can see all the colors. Where if we were right next to the sun, we'd be blinded by this burning white hot light. And so we're sort of in in a sense our daily experience is separated from the uh, consciousness of of god on a uh, that intense basis so that we have free will right so so again he hides himself so that and and so i use a little illustration i said imagine if a billionaire has a son who goes to college and he flies in on his private jet drives up in his lamborghini He's got Rolex watch, gold rings, fancy clothes, and, his, and an entourage of people following him around campus. He's going to have every girl wanting to meet him. But if he lays all that aside and drives up in an old clunker, and he's got holes in his jeans, the uppity girls will ignore him. But there's maybe a girl that likes to study with him in the library, and they eat in the cafeteria together. And, and, uh, and she takes heat from the clique for hanging around this nobody guy. And um, But she believes in him. She likes him. She trusts him. They fall in love. They get engaged. And then he says, hey, I want to take you back to meet my dad. And they, like, drive up to this mansion. Yes. And she's like, whoa, you didn't tell me about all this. He knows that she loves him for him, not because of all of his stuff. Yeah. And so... Here, if, if God and all of his majesty would appear, you'd have everybody. oh yeah, yeah, I'm your friend, right? Yeah. Um, and so Jesus came to earth in a barn, born in a, in a manger, a, a barn, a stable. And it says in Isaiah, there was nothing in his appearance that would make him want to desire him. He wasn't like a super handsome guy, um, but he just wants those that are attracted to the truth of what he speaks. And um, anyway, so that sort of segues into... The, the story that you were mentioning. So the I, I try to take gospel messages and put them into a, a different way of thinking about it. In the Bible, it talks about God making angels and that the most beautiful angel was Lucifer. And then Lucifer decides uh, that he's gonna put his throne higher than the throne of God. He is gonna kick God out of heaven. And, and believe it or not, he gets a third of the angels to follow him and they rebel and then God throws them out. And then uh, the Bible story goes on that he makes man. And so I, I tell this story, like you mentioned, that um, imagine if you could make an AI robot. That'd be pretty cool. It could think, it could learn, it could make decisions. And, and what if you made a bunch of them? And then the best one you make, the most beautiful, smart one, decides to get a plot to kill you. And you gets a third of the other AI robots to plot to kill you. You're like, okay, this isn't what I had in mind. I'm sort of gonna lock those away. But you still wanna create. So this time you do a controlled environment hmm. and you create AI robots that are hardwired to shut off in 10 years, no matter what. And you put them in a in, in a virtual world, like a like a big warehouse where you create this virtual world, and somewhere within that 10 years, every one of them will be presented with a choice. Join a plot to kill you, or that they would willingly shut themselves down before they would ever do anything against you. So 10 years goes by, they're all shut off. Question, which ones would you like to reactivate? Well, the ones that would rather shut themselves off before they would do anything against you. Well, now you can take off their limited functionality and you can let them out of the warehouse and you can enjoy being with them without having to worry about them plotting to kill you behind your back. What do you do with the other ones? Well, maybe melt them down in a lake of fire. <laughs> and um, anyway, <laughs> but but this idea that... Um, Uh, That God loves you and he wants you to love him back, but he does not force you to love him back because the moment he would force you, he himself would know that he's forcing you and he would know your response is not a pure free will response, right? And so he created this, this magical thing called free will. I mean, animals follow instinct, uh, you know, plants follow all the, the law, their, their DNA and, you know, all the other physics, everything's following laws and we study those laws. But humans, we have a free will. And, um, now the other side of the story, if, if you, uh, would like me to continue mm-hmm. along this yeah, line yeah, yeah. is, um, so, so God creators with free will wants us to love him, but there's a, there's a dilemma. He's a just God. He's a God of rules. And just means he has to judge every sin. If he does not judge a sin, his silence would effectively be giving consent to the sin.
0: Yeah,
1: It's called the rule of tacit admission in common law. And you've witnessed it in wedding ceremonies where the pastor says, anybody that's against speak this down, wedding, yeah. speak now or forever hold your peace. If you're at the wedding silent, holding your peace, your silence is giving consent to the wedding. And so uh, in the Bible, there's even a story, you know, uh, not a story, but an account or a a law in the book of Leviticus. And it says, if a father hears a daughter, make a vow. And in the day that he hears it, he says, no, you're not going to keep it. The daughter is freed from the vow. But in the day that he hears it, if he does not cancel it and he's silent, the vow stands. Anyway, so that's the idea. Silence equals consent. And so if there are sins and God is not judging the sins, his silence is effectively giving consent to the sin. And if God gives consent to sin, to unjust acts, he's no longer a just God. He denies his just nature, he denies himself, he ungods himself. He's kicked out of heaven. Yeah. So his very nature drives him to want to judge sins. Now we're made in his image. And so it's implanted in us. Every NCIS episode, right, every police drama that you watch starts off with an injustice done in the first two minutes of the show. That's why I always hate those first two minutes. And you're held captive the rest of the hour, wanting the person that did the injustice to be caught and and brought to justice. Right? You're, I, know them, they're, I know they're going to catch him. They're going to catch them. They have to catch him. They have to catch him. And then finally they catch him at the end and you feel this feeling of completion. Like, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, and so God has his own nature driving him to judge the sin. And so here he created us with free will. And sometimes we blow it and then sometimes we try to love him. and and and, and But the, if we blow it one time, he has to judge us. and And so he comes up with a plan. And the plan is that his own son would become the lamb. And so Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the only begotten son of God uh, comes to earth and he becomes a man. And, and he takes the wrath of God. He takes the judgment of God upon himself for all of our sins. And so this uh, there's a story of, of Abraham and Isaac going to the top of Mount Moriah and Isaac, the son uh says father we have the wood for the sacrifice and we have the coals for the sacrifice but where is the sacrifice and abraham tells isaac uh god himself will provide a sacrifice and it has a double meaning one um trusting that god will have a ram up in a bush on top of the mountain so i can sacrifice it rather than you but the other meaning is god will provide himself as the sacrifice And so that's what happened. Jesus, the only begotten son of God, became the sacrifice, became only as a man could God die, right? So so Jesus hung on the cross and took the wrath of God. And so I, um, I got a degree in accounting, so I like things that balance. And if you think of it as an equation, as a scale, an eternal being, Jesus, who's innocent, suffering for a finite, limited period of time, right? the day day that he hung on the cross. So uh, an eternal being who's innocent suffering for a finite period of time is equal to all of us finite beings who are guilty suffering for an eternal period of time. Let me say that again. An eternal being who's innocent suffering for a finite period of time is equal to all of us finite beings who are guilty suffering for an eternal period of time. Right? So infinity times finite equals finite times infinity. An unlimited being suffering for a limited period of time is equal to all of us limited beings suffering for an unlimited period of time.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you, yeah. No, if at first, semantically, it made sense. But yeah, okay, yeah, not, yeah, okay, I get it, I get it.
1: And, and so so the, the, the plan of redemption is that God can retain his nature as a just God judging every sin, but he's a loving God in that he provided the land to take the judgment for the sin. And so, whosoever will can approach Him through the Lamb and have no fear of judgment, because Jesus took the judgment in our place. And um, anyway, uh, so I, I talk about that in this this new book, Believe, and I, I get into all the the different parts of it. And um, anyway, so so one of the other uh, th- things that I highlight in the book is um, how uh, God's outside of time. And um, Einstein's theory of relativity, E equals mc squared, energy equals mass times the speed of light squared, that the closer you approach to traveling the speed of light, the more for you time slows down. And if you actually could travel the speed of light for you, time would stand still. And since God created light, he's obviously faster than light. So for him, time stands still. Now, it's impossible for us to comprehend, but he is outside of our dimension. And um, so with that, to him, every moment. So, so in other words, we can make our free will decisions. And in you know, it does say in the Bible that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. So even if he'd experienced every day as if it was a 1,000 years. But he controls every atom, every, every quark, right? Every single thing in existence. So you can make your free will decision. And he can adjust every variable so that his will is going to take place on the planet. So you get your free will, but his will is, is going to be done. Okay. It, it's sort of like you have a GPS on your on your iPhone and you make a wrong turn. And it says recalculating. And it's going to get wow. you to the same destination, but it may take you through a different route. And then you you make another wrong turn and recalculate Absolutely. What if uh, there's a bunch of people making wrong turns? Well, that app can recalculate them all simultaneously. What if, like, everybody in the country is constantly making wrong turns? Well, that app can recalculate everybody's individual. What if the whole world, what if everybody in the world is is making, right? So, so you make your decision but god can recalculate every single atom in the universe because for him time stands still and that way uh his will is going to be done but you get to have your little free will within the framework of his big will does that make sense
0: yeah i mean you could even you could even mess up you could be a you could be a murderer you could be a rapist and you might have to go through like several lifetimes or maybe you have to suffer interminably you could still be recalculating
1: and it just yeah i mean as far as my views you only get there's a verse in the bible that says it's appointed a man wants sure. to die and then the judgment sure. so so it's only the one life but it, it is the idea that you get to um you get to make your choices within the framework of his uh, ultimate will sure. being done and um Uh, And and if you think of it, uh, there was the um, uh, Chinese have a game called Go, G-O, and uh, I think Google uh, invented this uh, computer with AI. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this is a game like chess only more complicated, and the goal is to control as much of the board you can with as few little flat marble-type pieces. And uh, and so the, the world-famous Go player won against the computer, and everybody was happy. And then the next time they did it, uh, he barely won. And the next time, he barely, barely won. Well, the next time, the computer won. And the computer's learning all the time. And then finally, they, they match up again, and the computer puts a piece in the middle of the board where there's nothing. And for three hours, this world champion gold player is staring at the board thinking, why did they put the piece there? Well, turns out, as the game progressed, that was the most important spot and it, it won the game. And so from that point on, the Chinese were like, we're going to invest <laughs> in AI, artificial intelligence. And it's, it's so powerful. So they have uh, different... Computers um, that can do uh, what's called quantum computing. And instead of bits, which is a binary two things on off, they have qubits. And this is like an eight sided. Die. signal that uh but and they have to have a uh, cryogenically yeah. cooled computers because if it gets above yeah. um absolute zero the uh the qubits vibrate and lose their coherence uh and they're moving they're, they're anyway they're now working on computers that can do one septillion that's seven so you got you know, billion, trillion, quadrillion, quadrillion quintillion, 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 sextillion, uh, septillion. septillion. Yeah. So, uh, per second, they can do sep- sep- one uh, septillion calculations per second. <laughs> and you think, is if, if man can make a computer that can make that many calculations, um, you think God is faster? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, He's infinitely faster. And so, in other words, we make our decisions he can recalculate everything. Yeah. And in a, in a fraction millisecond. And, um, uh, and so his will is going to be done, but we get our, our free will. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pretty complicated thing for God to, to create creatures with free will. Yeah. And, and that's what we are. So in a sense, we are AI. Yeah. I mean, there's no intelligence in the universe other than God. And so if, he made us. We're in a sense artificial intelligence, and his goal is what he, he makes. gallon, He makes it. Everything obeys him, and you know, in a sense, uh, after I mean, an eternity of oh, yeah. this, it's like okay. You know, I, I would really I like the game. someone that. Yeah, yeah, I'd like somebody that could love me. I that could be, and so he makes us in his image, and um, but his just nature means he has to judge. Uh, but he, his loving nature is that he provides his own son to take the judgment, the, the plan of salvation held in, in mystery, um, that, uh, you know, the, those, they couldn't figure it out. People said, why, why didn't God make it really clear? Uh, I, you know, sort of play these mental games, but I thought, okay, uh, the, the brilliance of a prophecy is it has to be not clear enough. So the devil couldn't figure it out and try to stop it. But clear enough so that when it was fulfilled, you could, you could see the, the hand of God. And the one example is Herod. And the three wise men come and say, we're here to worship the king of the Jews. And Herod freaks out and goes to his scribes. And he says, dig in the Bible. Where's, where's this king supposed to be born? And they go, uh, Micah. It says Bethlehem. What was Herod's response? kill all the babies in Bethlehem. And so if the devil could have figured out these prophecies, he would have tried to stop them every step along the way. Mm. And so God had to write the prophecies in a way that the devil couldn't figure them out, try to stop them. But he had to write it so that when Jesus rose from the dead, there is the account of him walking on the road to Emmaus with two disciples. And it says, beginning with Moses and the prophets, he went through all the scriptures that pointed to him to show that he was the promised Messiah. If there were no prophecies, then we wouldn't, it would be, you know, uh, him rising from the dead. But I mean, you wouldn't, but the fact that there were all these prophecies ahead of time, and he fulfilled them, I mean, so many of them, it it says that he would be uh, uh, sold as betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Um, it says that he would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Uh, it says that they would throw lots for his clothes, which is what the guards did. Uh, it even says that they would, uh, put, uh, vinegar on hyssop and hold it up to his face for him to, to drink. Um, you know, hyssop is like a branch and, um, and that he would be, uh, and that his, none of his bones would be broken and that he would be pierced in his hands and his feet. And Psalms 22 and Isaiah 53, uh, these are all ones that go into detail about how he would die. And and uh, he couldn't control any of that. And why is that? So that's why God was sh- showing that it, it's not just, there's no prophecies prophesying Muhammad. There was no prophecies about Buddha or Confucius or anybody else. Um But Jesus has all these prophecies, and if you look at it, um, there's hundreds of them, but if you were to just pick eight, eight of them, uh, and do the math, uh, it would be like one with 27 zeros after it. It would be um, almost, it would be impossible, statistically impossible, for one person to randomly fulfill all these things. And so that's a statistical proof that um, that he is divine, and that he uh, is the promised Messiah. And the, again, the, the big picture is God's a just God and he can't change his nature. He's just. And so his His just, just nature precluded or prevented him from ever being loved. It's like if he gave something free will and it sinned against him, boom, he'd have to destroy it. To, I mean, so... So for, for eternity past, God loved everything he created, but he could never be loved back because love must be voluntary. And even the angels, I was doing a little research. The word angel is mentioned in the King James Bible 289 times. It says the angels glorify God and worship God and carry out his messages and smite his enemies. Never once does it say the angels love God. But with man, over and over again, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love, right? And, and uh, whatever you do, at least to my brother, you've done it to me. And, and it's got the word love in there whenever it talks about man's relationship with God. And so, Joe, so you think of the angels. Um, if they're they're obeying God, but they know that if they willfully disobey him one time, They'll be cast out with no chance of redemption because Jesus didn't die on the cross for angels; He died on the cross for men. And angels are not made in God's image. They're brilliant, they're powerful, but they're not in His image. And um, they're they're messengers, they're servants, um, ministering spirits is what they're different. The Bible calls them different names. So man is unique, and um, and we have the ability to love God or reject God. And Billy Graham said that. We said, uh, we, we, we look and, and we think of robots and we're fascinated and it would be really neat to watch them and anything, but but you can't love a robot and the, love, the robot really can't love you. Um, and so God created us for the fellowship, for the relationship with him. And uh, he gives us a free will. His just nature means he's going to have to smash us and destroy us if we blow it. But his loving nature is he provided the lamb. He provided his own son to be the lamb to take the judgment so that we could uh, be free to love him without any fear of judgment, without any consciousness of our sin, that all of our sins are forgiven because we're approaching him through the lamb. What if I'm, you know, what if I'm not good enough? Fine, it's not based on you being good enough. It's, a, it's based on you approaching him through the Lamb. In the Bible, you have Cain and you have Abel. And they both wanted to worship God. But Cain was worshiping God through his works. And we know it's works because God told Adam, the ground is cursed for your sake and you'll bring forth fruit by the sweat of your brow. Sweat is work. So Cain's trying to be good enough to get to heaven and his works are rejected. But Abel trusts in the Lamb. And it's this picture: God's on one side, we're on the other side. Our sin separates from God, and the land pays for the sin. And um, anyway, I know it's gotten a little preachy. No, there, no, no, but, not,
0: um, not at all. I love. I was letting you go. I know. I know you have to run. I was gonna. Yeah, I have a lot to touch on it, but um, if you got to yeah, run, I just noticed I, I, I must have distracted
1: myself because I uh, watched you go. over. I didn't want to say over.
0: anything. No, I could talk to you for hours, and I have before. Um, I'm gonna put it in my notes right now. I'm gonna send you a text, and let's do a let's do another podcast about your new book. Uh, All right, and I, I, really I love that. that. I, love, I that. love that. I would love to. Too. I love. I love listening to you, man. You're you're a brilliant, uh, fascinating individual, and uh, you do my job for me. I get to sit here and listen, and then pawn it off as my own podcast. So that's uh, a, that's a little unequal that I get to I get <laughs> to take your ramblings as my own. But um, I'll let you run. I know you have to go. I'll text you this when it's up. I will buy your book. I will put uh, both books in the description for everybody listening. I highly recommend getting socialism. <laughs> And the book, not the actual political ruling process. And um, all right, we'll schedule a new one. All right, all right. Look forward to it, Tommy. Thank you so much, sir. God bless. God bless America. Stay safe, everybody. Doctor Feder.
1: Recording stuff.
0: <laughs>